Hello and welcome to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel Bridges, and here on this show, we dive deep into all things mothering, sistering, and humaning. Because the roles that you play are something you learned, not who you are. Let's begin. Kara Viana is the founder of Master Your Magic, intuitive development school now in its 17th year. She brings people back into connection with the broader essence of who they are by teaching them to deepen their spiritual connection and harness their intuitive gifts. I know you are going to enjoy this conversation so much. Kara just oozes playfulness and magic, and she has this way of venturing into the shadows with a sense of joy and loving celebration. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome back to the Mother's Empowerment Podcast. I'm your host, Isabel, and today we are joined by Kara Viana. Welcome, Kara. Thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm thrilled. Yay. So Kara and I are going to be talking about manifesting, money, desire, passion, purpose, all of these juicy topics. Before we dive in, though, Kara, will you just introduce yourself to our listeners? Tell them a little bit about who you are. And then I'd also love to hear what empowerment means to you. Beautiful. I am a coach and teacher. Um, I've been teaching um, energy work and intuitive development. So my background is in spirituality for the last um, 17 years. And uh, I feel like I'm the luckiest person in the world because I get to stand beside and assist while people uncover these beautiful gifts and that they have and connect more deeply to themselves. So for me, that is the biggest kind of empowerment there is, is whenever we feel ourselves shift into that position of being in the driver's seat and not in an over sort of action way necessarily, but when we, it's a like inner confident, connected, I feel loved. I feel I am a part of this universe. I am infinitely um, supported. It's that feeling of feeling like you are a part of something bigger and you are important in it. And you get to be in charge of your reality. That feeling when we slip into it, I feel like is, is, um, I mean, it's almost euphoric and orgasmic. And so that's my favorite flavor, I would say of empowerment. And I am eight and a half months I think 32 weeks, whatever that is, um, pregnant with my first baby. So in that's where I stand in this like motherhood journey. This will come out right around the time that I'm kind of gearing up for um, maternity leave and birth and all the things. So I'm bringing, uh, there's two of us here. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So what does it feel like to be entering this new phase of your life? Just, I want to, I want to just presence that you're in this uh, a moment of newness. How is that for you? So new. Everything is changing every single day. Um, 
especially my, you know, on a micro level, on a day-to-day basis, my capacity inside my body, inside my um, energy level, what my body needs um, to support the baby and to support the pregnancy is changing every day. So it's like I'm I'm uh, moving around trying to get my pulse on what that is. Um, this has been a journey of, um, I feel like maybe six months or a year or somewhere in there before we got pregnant, um, my higher self started, uh, soul spirit, whatever you like to call it, inner being started nudging me. Like at one point she gave me a dare. She said it very specifically. She said, how slow can you go? And I knew in the moment that she chose those words really specifically, because that's very different than slow down. Mm -hmm. Right. And I've been having lots of slow down messages for a long time. You know, and of course, I've been working for a long time to create space for motherhood and baby and all the things. But she picked those words very, very specifically because it was a dare and she was recruiting that like um, sort of rebellious argumentative part of me that was like, oh, yeah, I can do it to get on board with this. How slow can I go? And I kept slowing myself down and slowing down and taking on less and doing less. And I'd be like, is this slow? Is this slow? And if you can imagine some sort of like, Tasmanian devil running around all crazy and then being like, is this slow? Like, no, no, that's not. I mean, it's slower, but you're still going a million miles an hour. So I feel like I've been on this journey of slowing down for a long time. She had to really start me very early because I'm a fast person. I do a lot of things. I get a lot done. I have a lot of things on my plate. I'm juggling. I have big capacity Mm -hmm. and that capacity needed to shrink from really big down to like zero (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so then once I got pregnant then it slowed way down um and it's been this like really beautiful process of me and as I'm now well into third trimester and things are getting slow it's like sloth mode times 10 um and I just have been laughing through this whole thing of understanding like wow my whole experience is changing so dramatically uh, in a way that I've never, I've never had to do. I've never experienced anything like this. Um, so on the tangible micro, to answer your question, things are changing in my capacity and, and I'm slowing down and doing less. And, and I'm generally a step behind the eight ball in that regard. <laughs> like, okay, I think, I think this is slow. And my body's like, nope, a little slower, a little slower, because it keeps going down and down. And then on sort of a macro, um, this change that I'm in is, um, it's really beautiful. I think I've always been a person who had a lot of mother energy. Mm -hmm. So people reflect to me all the time, like, oh, you've been a mother in this way and this way and this way and this way. But this is a very specific focused flavor of motherhood in that. It's so full on, uh, kind of everything else is going to have to fall away. And that version of motherhood, I have no experience in the everything else falling away version. Um, so I'm, I'm in this place of excitement and unknown. And how can I set myself up for success? Come to terms with the fact that I'm going to be not working for a little while, which I've never done. And um 
and and that ties into all the money things like can i what happens if i don't bring in income for a while um you know in this industry i don't have maternity leave and so it's been such an incredible growth piece um for me on so many levels of learning how to be slow and reprioritize and shifting my money perspective and shifting my body perspective. Um, and that's just the prep phase. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's all so beautiful. It is. Do you know about spoon theory? No. I am so excited to introduce this to you. I think it's something I know I wish I had known about this theory in early motherhood. So it's this concept um, that we are only given a certain amount of spoons. And I, listening to you, spoons meaning amount of energy, capacity to use your word. And so early motherhood, late pregnancy is a time where we don't have as much capacity. We don't have as many spoons. So if I only have five spoons, I have to be more intentional with how I spend those spoons than if I have 20 spoons. So say it takes, you know, two spoons to make breakfast in the morning because you have to lie down before, you know then you're not going to have those spoons for, you know, the rest of the day. So it's a, it's a way to slow down the spoon theory. It's a way to say, hey, this is what I have to give. And so I'm not going to be able to give the same amount that I was able to give before. That doesn't mean there's something wrong with me. It just means that this is how it, how it is. So I'm curious if we can bring that theory back into the manifesting conversation. Mm. And because we're mostly mothers who are listening to this and those mothers who have been, you know, who are maybe a couple of steps ahead of you know this step where they're like, yes, Kara is about to see that there's only so many spoons, only so much energy, only so much that she can give. How can someone who doesn't have 20 spoons still create a life that they love, still manifest what they want, still have the abundance in their life that they desire and deserve? Yes, 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 yes. And I love this question and how you phrased it. And I feel like I have two a two-part answer, which is... Um, when I talk about manifestation, there are various flavors of it. So we have what manifestation might look like in winter, which is very different than what manifestation looks like when we're in summer, be it an external season or an internal season. So same thing, right? In motherhood, you're in much more of a winter phase of manifestation, very few spoons. And then we have... um the versions of manifestation that are many, many, many spoons. There's a lot of action. There's a lot of things going on. There's a lot of uh, ability, capacity, whatever. And so often as humans, what we do is we, we spend a lot of time on a hamster wheel of effort. We spend a lot of time doing effort things that maybe aren't really actually moving the needle 
but they're keeping us entertained. Mm -hmm. They they make us feel good about ourselves. Like we're doing a thing. And when that isn't working is when it shifts over into overwhelm. When we start to feel like I have to be doing all these things and we get all this pressure. So my answer to the question is, and in my practice, when I have too many things, when I start to notice the overwhelm, that's my indicator. Ah, wait a second. If there's too many things to do, what is it I'm actually trying to do? What's the, what is the goal I'm trying to achieve or the thing that I want to reach here? And then I go and I do two-step process. And one is I get myself into alignment. Um, the fastest, easiest way is I go into nature and I be in nature and I meditate hmm. for me. For someone else, it's going for a run. It's petting your dog. It's um, tuning the world out and singing or dancing or taking a nap. I mean, there's all the different things we can do to help bring us back to that place of being centered within ourselves, within our joy, within our um, peace, whatever it is for you. So I get into nature. I have a meditation. I be with nature. And then I ask my higher self, my intuition, what do I actually need to do? And sometimes I even bring the big dramatic to-do list. And I'm like, look at this. What do do you want me to do with this? (laughs) And I will feel my higher self tell me like that one. Or sometimes she'll say nothing. Mm -hmm. I want you to do nothing. Or the answer might be send just this one email and then you're good. You don't need to do anything else. Just, you know, reach out to that person and put everything else on the back burner for next month. Um, But that concise amount of when you only have a couple spoons to spend, you, like you said, you've got to get really, really clear. And I think practicing the things that bring us into alignment is probably the most important thing we can do in manifestation. Because when we're in that place of feeling good, we will naturally have the inclination to do, our intuition will guide us towards what are the little steps and little tidbits that are going to move the needle towards what we need to do. And sometimes it isn't action at all. Mm-hmm. What about for that woman who has roadblocks to what she desires, like a limiting belief that she's not worthy of it, or that it's just too hard? How can she overcome some of those roadblocks? Yeah, I like that you asked that question. Um, I have a program called Manifestation Magic. And So much of the program is, yeah, 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 the steps of manifestation that we know, right? The steps of like, think about a desire and what are the steps to get you there? That And whatever, there's a reason people don't have all the things they want all the time. And it's like you said, because we've got all these blocks in the way. And my favorite part, I think about manifestation right behind the empowerment piece we already touched on is that it is a vehicle to move and heal those blocks. Hmm. And then we set ourselves free. And yeah, we get our stuff and that's cool. But that you just set yourself free piece, ooh, to me, that's like way more important, way juicier than any of the other tangible things you could get out of it. So I think that discovering, and it takes a lot of internal, I, I have a lot of different steps to do it, but it takes a lot of internal you know, assessment. What is it that's in the way here? Sometimes it's fear. Sometimes it's trauma. Sometimes it's a limiting belief. Sometimes it's a societal belief. Um, 
oftentimes we have two desires that pull in the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. So we have the desire that's like, I want to be really financially abundant. And then we have um, the desire that says, I don't want to be responsible for my whole family. Mm-hmm. And you believe deep down, because maybe this is what is put on you, that if you get more financially abundant than the rest of the family, you're going to have to be the matriarch or patriarch financially taking care of everyone. So two different desires pulling in opposite directions of each other makes it hard. It's like a tug of war makes it hard for us to get anything done. Um, it received. So I feel like once we can get narrowed in on what are those pieces, what are the blocks in the way, then there's a hundred different practices that we can do to start designing, um, healing around that, shifting the belief, uh, healing the trauma, um, reprogramming the the self-sabotage piece within us, mm-hmm. um, soothing the fear. Um, in the program, I've created very specific things for each one of those. As you figure it out, here's, here's an exact meditation to go in and ease fear. And mm-hmm. what happens is it's like you, you release the emergency brake on the vehicle. So you're in the vehicle and you're pushing the gas pedal all you want, but you're just revving. Yeah. Like nothing's happening. And when you move that block out of the way, all of a sudden down goes the e-brake and you're off and running. Now things are moving and you can start allowing things into you. Yeah, I I know my my kids, my daughter especially is in this phase where she is in the wanting. Of, she just wants, you know, she wants to go here for her birthday and she wants that and she wants this. And I love practicing with her. Wouldn't it be great if just wouldn't it be great if we could just go on all of these vacations that we want to? Wouldn't it be great if we could have a pony in the backyard? Because I don't want to put that kibosh on her dreams, right? I which I do to myself so often. I often say to myself, no, you can't have that thing that you want because whatever, it's too much. And I'm sure there's, you know, part of my past that got that message. So do you have any other suggestions for ways that we as parents can support our kids, even if they can't always have what they want in the exact moment? How do you talk to kids about this idea of manifesting? Yeah, I love this question. And I had a girlfriend come and ask me the other day, um, she realized that um, one of her boys was tampering his asking because he didn't want to put pressure on her. Mm -hmm. So he was starting to rein in his desire. When we're kids, desire is, it's fun and it's pure. Think about how, how much um, pure expectation and anticipation there is for something like birthdays or Christmas. We don't go through the process of doubting, will it happen or, or worrying if I'm worthy or anything else. We're just like, we, we don't even understand a calendar yet, but we know there's a thing coming where I'm going to get some cool presents. Yes. And we are just, the excitement anticipation of that is so delicious mm-hmm. um, because we don't have all that baggage yet. And so I love that you were trying to not tamper that and like cultivate that in her. So when my friend asked me, she said, I realized that I tell them so often we don't have the money for that. 
And she's like, that sometimes is a true statement. But a lot of times what the actual truth is, is I don't, I'm in charge of the money and I don't prioritize that. You want a new video game console. And I don't think that's worthy of our, you know, however many hundred dollars. And the way that I say it to try to make it make sense is like, we don't have the money for that. And she was watching her son start to rein in his desire and not ask for things. And so as we talked about it, I said, what about explaining to them that when something gets asked for that isn't something you want to provide, you can say, well, there is a whole big universe of ways that things can come to you. And I really believe in your ability to receive things and create things. And wouldn't, like you said, wouldn't it be cool if, wouldn't it be nice if? And that way she takes herself out of the equation. She's beginning to teach them like, you know, your parents don't necessarily have to provide every single thing for you. Things come in lots of different ways. And maybe it means that, you know, someday you've got the money to buy that yourself. Or maybe it means that some other magical way of things happening. And then when that starts to happen, point it out. Oh, look how cool we were in the store. And like the clerk handed you a candy. Wow. Look at, look at you. Look at all the creative ways that things come to you. That's so beautiful. You're so abundant. Um, So we're making them feel like, wow, they're starting to notice the the like magic of the universe, the ways that you're provided for that are different than just my parents give me the things. Yeah, I love this. How does that apply to money? Uh, for us, for us grown-ups. Say we want to make a certain amount of money. How do we create that? How do we manifest that? I had a girlfriend tell me one time, um, she had worked as an acupuncturist for a lot of years. And so it was, you know, her client payment coming in, however many clients she was seeing kind of thing. And then after a few years, she was um, home with the kids and her husband was, had gone through school and was an architect and he was making great money, great money, but it was a standard salary. And she said, man, Kara, I find it so much easier to manifest when money is a fluid thing. Back when I was making way less money, you know, there's less money coming in, but I, but we were making it in the way that I used to make it versus the way it is now where it's structured. Because in her mind, all of a sudden she was in a box. Mm-hmm. There was this much money, period, no more could flow. And when she was making money in this like whatever way, then she would think, ah, oh, I, I need to buy new tires for my car or I'd really like to attend that concert. And then she just felt like she could be open and suddenly new people would call her and clients would book and things would happen. So she felt like this openness inside herself. And that's one of the really cool things for us to notice is where do we feel that openness, that possibility, that expectation? And where do we feel the like boxed off closedness? Because that's a, a, that's a sign for us, right? There's a block there. And when we can start to play with the idea that money comes from many avenues, mm-hmm. which it does, right? It comes from, I mean, off the top of my head, like your tax refund could show up. Mm-hmm. Um, your great aunt Ethel could mail you something. Someone can send you an inheritance. You could get a rebate on those tires you bought. Mm-hmm. Um 
you might get an insurance payout because some, you know, you stubbed your toe, I don't know, or something. Um, maybe you double paid on a bill and all of a sudden your doctor's office just sent you 500 bucks that you didn't know you were going to get. You just got a bonus from your credit card cash back. Um, some friend of yours is going to take you out to dinner. So you were expecting to spend 50 bucks tonight. Now you don't. There are like the universe has all these creative ways of getting money to us, but we don't count those. We only count the way that we think. And, and for some of us, it's this like, I trade time for money story. Mm-hmm. And so we only think about it or money can only come from hard-earned methods or um, some people have the like, I can only get money from my parents mm-hmm. um, or money can only come from my job. It has to come from a salary. So we have all of these really specific beliefs around money and society is amazing at providing these for us. Money is one of the top ways when, uh, when I do healing work with people, there's like four ways that we say beliefs come in. One is you inherited them directly from your parents, like from family. Mm-hmm. Another one is um, your life experience. So like I, uh, something was expensive like four times. And so now I assume like everything is expensive or whatever mm-hmm. it is. We yep. create these beliefs, especially when we're younger. Yep. Um, one is your ancestry. So all the way back down your lineage, mm-hmm. you can bring these beliefs forward that were passed like person to person, to person, mm-hmm. to person, to person. And the other one is society. Mm-hmm. So maybe no one in your family has that particular money baggage. You've never experienced it in your life, but it's so pervasive in society. Rich people are bad. Money is the root of all evil. Um, Like we have all these like crazy society beliefs and you can see them there. They're in our TV shows. They're in our movies. They're in the way people talk. They're in our like words and language. And when we can hit on one of those, like where did that come from? We can start to unwind it a little bit. Um, I like healing work because I think energetically you can get in and unwind those quickly, but you can do it in journaling. You can do it with mantras. You can do it with a million different things to figure out how to say, I don't, I don't want to keep believing this. And really the best way is to reprogram your brain and just look for evidence of the opposite to be true. Mm -hmm. So if I find that I believe that money can only come from an exchange of time, Mm -hmm. that I have to trade my energy for money. Now, all of a sudden, I have this belief that I'm going to deplete myself if I try to be abundant in any way, shape, or form, or that I'll always be stuck in this dead-end job or whatever it is. Where can I find evidence of the opposite being true? And like, we're smart people. Look around. There are people who have passive income. There is money that comes from X, Y, or Z. You might have an um, interest that comes in. And maybe, it, maybe you make $0.14 cents interest on your checking account every month. Yeah. But you didn't trade anything for that. You didn't trade your time, certainly. Yeah. So sit down and start writing a list and start looking, actively looking in your life. Like you've got a magnifying glass for evidence of the opposite to be true. Yeah. And our brains solidify belief like as true once it's collected enough evidence. Mm. Then this is fact and it's like iron. But all we have to do to unwind that is go like, wait a second. Can I look for a little bit of evidence in the contrary? And once you start to look for a little bit, momentum will get going and you will see more and more of more of it. 
the universe will start to show you more and more and more of it because that's what you've got going on. And now pretty soon you've got some new thing that's set into iron. I used to think that was true. And now I think this is true. Yeah. Where does gratitude come into play? Oh, I think that one of the things that I love to teach is the power of celebration. Mm. And um, which is really in the same vein as gratitude and appreciation. And generally in this culture, we suck at celebration. Yep. We're terrible. Why? Um, Why do we suck at celebrating? We are so bad at it. I, there's this, I think it's society belief that um, I think it comes sometimes from a place of lack. Like if I have too much good stuff, like the other shoe will drop. So there's this Mm -hmm. fear thing there. Um, sometimes it's like, and if I stand out, then people will try to take it from me. Um, or, or we look down on people who, who brag or think highly that, you know what I mean? So we don't Mm want to do that. Um, so we diminish everything. Oh, I got a raise at work. Oh, you did. That's amazing. Yeah. But my, you know, cell phone bill just doubled. And then of course, like, you know, the wife wrecked the car. And so now we've got all these expenses and like, there goes the money. Instead of like, wow, look at this abundance. We quickly do something to tamper it. I lost five pounds and oh, that's amazing. You've been like, you know, exercising a lot of really great. Yeah, but I still have cellulite. Who cares? What? What does that have to do with the fact that you lost five pounds when you were trying to exercise to get healthier? Yeah. So the vibration of celebration if you can imagine that the universe is listening and they're listening, it, it is listening not to our words. That's a total fallacy, mm-hmm. but to our vibration, to the energy we put out in the world, yeah. right? What's the energy you put out? What's in any given moment? What are you vibrating? And, and you could say emotion. What's your emotion? Similar. Like, how do you feel? Mm-hmm. And when we're in the space of celebration, when you think about if you imagine the universe is like a person and and it's trying to deliver things that are a match to your vibration to you, like attracts light. So when we're in the space of celebration, we're saying to the universe, I'm so excited. Look at all the good things that happened to me. I'm so abundant. I'm so joyful. I'm so whatever it is. Look at all these great things. And the universe is like, got it. More joy, more abundance, more um, and so it's, we become a magnet for all the things that we want. And I don't care if you're celebrating. I had, there was a phase of pregnancy where my fingernails grew mm-hmm. and I was a like nail biter kid. And I always dreamed of having like the luxurious long, like I, when I was a kid, I would like, look at those Lee press on nails, mm-hmm. like the beautiful, perfect. And there was like a couple months of pregnancy I think now maybe the baby's eating all of everything, but there was a couple months where girl, I had not only all 10 fingernails, none were broken. It was this amazing thing. And my friends had to listen to me gush about my damn fingernails. Like, it doesn't matter. It was a fun thing for me to celebrate. I was just in the pure celebration of like, look at these. Oh my gosh. I've never seen my fingernails look like this. They're so perfect. They're so pretty. I'm so excited about it. And um, so it doesn't matter what you're celebrating. It's the energy that comes with it. And gratitude is exactly the same way, right? 
if you can sit in a place of what am I grateful for? What am I appreciating? What's going good right now? Talk about it or think about it until you feel something in your body, until you feel something emotionally. Because we can give lip service all day and like no one's listening. The universe doesn't care. Your friends don't care. No one believes you. You don't believe yourself. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's just words. Yep. But when you say it to the point that you start to feel something inside of you, you would feel an emotional place of like, yeah, wow. Oh man, I, I could almost cry. I'm so happy about this. Yeah. I'm so joyous about my silly fingernails or how happy I am to live in this place or how how much I love looking at my child's face. There is a vibration that is emanating out from you and so many of your desires can come in because of that. Uh, it sounds like a rampage. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Would you close us out by just leading us into a massive rampage? Give us an example. Kara, just like celebrate whatever is really alive for you right now. And just give us a model of what that, how great that could be for us. Mm-hmm. I would love to. This is one of my favorite things to do. Thank you. I love the feeling of the sun coming up in the morning. On the rare days that I might be awake in order to see it, that budding new energy, when things start to get lit up and it's this magic witching golden hour, I love the feeling of looking out and seeing the view from my house and realizing I live in this place that I love so much and I have so much to explore. It is an untapped resource of potential outside my window. I love the feeling of waking up and seeing what's new in my body today. What is happening? What are you doing, body? This is amazing. I can't believe you can do this. I love the feeling of witnessing my own evolution and growth. It's like watching a butterfly unfold again and again and again and again, and I marvel at it. I will never, ever, ever until the day that I die, run out of things to explore in this human creature that I get to be. What a gift that I get to be this human creature that all of these cells are on loan to me from this earth. And the water inside these cells is going to be raindrops in two weeks time. This skin will slough off and become soil someday and feed a plant. And that plant might produce something that I get to eat. And we are in this constant cycle all together, which means I literally am earth. Inspired by, incarnated by this soul that is a part of the everything. So everything is a piece of me and I am a piece of it. And when I can sit in the remembrance of that, it is overwhelming to my human nervous system. Like, how incredible is this system? And I get to do simple little things like walk into the grocery store and see a person and we smile at each other as we accidentally bump carts because the aisle's not quite big enough. I can wave someone through in traffic and we can give each other the high sign and we can... I can see another woman and I know in her eyes that she has stood where I stand in this pregnancy because she is full of empathy at my waddle trying to get across the parking lot. (laughs) I 
spend so much of my day just reveling in the cuteness of my fur babies. Mm-hmm. They do the same cute things every day. And every day I marvel at it. Every day it's new to me. Every day it's overwhelming and my heart wants to explode. I notice when I am in a space where I can see it, that the magic of nature is in every single second. I can look out the window and I can see one little leaf moving on one little branch on a tree outside and the lights hitting it. And it looks like stardust. And that is happening all over all the time. So often I look outside and I'm like, you're just showing off. (laughs) (laughs) This sunset that has covered the entire sky, this field full of butterflies, this tree that has so many flowers on it. I don't even know how it's holding them. There's no leaves left. It's just all flowers. Like the abundance of nature overwhelms me in the best, most joyful way. Wow. I too feel overwhelmed by just the joy and the luxury of sitting in that rampage. Thank you, Kara. That was so beautiful. Thank you so, so, so much. So I hope those listening are enjoying the good feelings that come from that as well. So we're coming to the end of our time together. I want to ask you a question I ask all of my guests, which is, What is the next empowering action our listeners can take? And I would say pause right now, right now, maybe as soon as this ends or even hit pause and ask yourself the question, what's the thing I can do right now that would get me to the best feeling place the fastest in this instant? And maybe it's a rampage like we just did. Maybe it's stopping and thinking about how much you love your child. Maybe it's taking a few breaths. Maybe it's going out and and painting your fingernails because now we've talked about it so much. (laughs) Is it drinking some water? What's the single thing you could do that would bring you into the best feeling place you can be in this moment? And it doesn't matter if you're feeling really good right now, what would make you feel better? Or if you're feeling really crummy, what would bring you a little bit of relief? Well, taking a bath wouldn't put me in a good mood. But it would probably soothe a little bit of the inner tantrum I'm feeling. Perfect. Yes. Yes. So beautiful. Thank you. I will take you up on that as soon as we close. Okay. Any last dangles before we say goodbye? Just infinitely grateful to be here creating with you. Thank you. Same, same, same. Thank you so much. Bye. That's all for today, my friends. And here's what I want you to remember. Empowerment is an inside job. The only one who can empower you is you.